I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode of The Rising Podcast contains references to the Holocaust and may trigger distress to some listeners. In this episode of The Rising Podcast... John Safran interviews director Bruce Gladwin and actor Scott Price from Back to Back Theatre. In their play Ganesh vs. the Third Reich, led by an ensemble of neurodiverse performers, the Hindu god aims to reclaim the swastika from the Third Reich. For this reason, this interview features additional commentary from Dr. Vikrant Kishore, who provides context for Ganesh and addresses the Hindu nationalist backlash against the play. One of the starting points for um, uh, processing people with disabilities and once the Nazis came into power, um, processing people and then signing death sentence for them and then they were gassed and then the, the whole gassing process was um, developed, What you know, the technology for it was start to be developed in this institution. So it was kind of in some ways seeing the company, seeing that just going, all right, we're a company with actors with intellectual disabilities and uh, this is a moment in history where a whole lot of people with disabilities have not had a voice <laughs> and just going, not, not to say that it felt like it gave us a licence but it thought, it felt like we, it was, gave us some skin in the game in terms of exploring that material. G'day, I'm John Safran and um, I'm here talking to a director. He has a beret <laughs> and his name is Bruce Gladwin. How are you? Good, thanks, John. And I'm talking to a performer. What's he wearing as a performer? A uh, Zelda shirt. A Zelda shirt. Now, yeah. we've already confused things because we've described you with a lie and you with a truth because you're not, in fact, wearing a beret, but you are, in fact, wearing a Zelda top. Mm. Yep. Scott Price and your performer, and uh, the play is called... Ganesh. ...versus the Third Reich. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Long before myth, in an ancient world without language, man organised himself around symbols carved on the walls of caves and riding on the tails of comets. It's a story that's set in Geelong. And, oh, yeah. you know, it's a story about uh, Brian, who's a young man with autism who is obsessed with Ganesh, who decides to write a play called Ganesh versus the Third Reich and recruits his kind of friends to realise this kind of grand, ambitious story of Ganesh travelling to Nazi Germany. And the whole story kind of falls apart when it becomes evident that his friends from the local disability centre that he's recruited are... Uh, um, 
have no, uh, have, aren't super clear about what's actually going on. And it also falls apart because of the kind of moral and ethical dilemmas of one representation of Hindu deities and the Holocaust, but also the representation of people with disabilities on stage. And the third um, one is that he co contracts like a kind of uh, non-disabled director who becomes a tyrant. <laughs> yep, and um, yep, he basically takes over like, um, like, like yeah, the whole famous script. Yeah. So, so in some ways I feel like the framework of this is going, we're not actually representing Ganesh, we're representing Brian's interpretation of Ganesh, um, which I know there's still sensitivities around and there will be people that will be offended by Brian's interpretation of Ganesh. It's, it's a really good tip for writers, I think, is because, because you're immediately you'd think, oh, if you're addressing something, it's narcissistic if I bring myself into it, when really there's this tension where that actually makes it more humble because yeah. you're, not, you're not pretending you're representing the Ramayana yeah. or the Holocaust or whatever. It's like so by being sort of focusing, making it kind of bounce off yourself and give it a personal thing just... I reckon makes things a lot more humble because, yeah. because you're not pretending that it's representing everything. Yeah, well, it felt like we had to write it from the point of a position that we could write it from, and that was what we did. You yeah. know, it was the only position okay. we could write it from. Yeah. And uh, can you describe um, Ganesh? Because I'm, sure, I'm sure even people who don't know Ganesh will know Ganesh as soon as uh, you describe him. Yeah. Uh, look, you know, he's like some mask and, like, you know, we've got, like, you know, like, um, like, he's like an elephant-headed god. The famous elephant-headed god. Or, although, I think, uh, I don't know whether Hindus like that or not. I remember once I was talking about Hanuman, who is what perceives to my eyes to be a monkey hmm. god. But then, but I was in India and when I was doing my pieces to camera filming it, some guy came up to me and said, listen... It's not like a monkey to us, so yeah. I don't know. Yep, uh, Ganesha as a god, it's one of the most revered gods, okay? So the Hindu pantheon or the Hindu uh, culture is quite rich. And uh, Ganesha's origin, in fact, has multiple kind of stories happening. Uh, Ganesh as a god, he is considered as the son of Shiva and Parvati. Though it was Parvati, you know, the, the consort or the wife of Shiva, it was uh, she who created Ganesha. Uh, one of the mythological stories says that uh, while she was going to take a bath and she was going to the pool, from her body she created this particular boy called Ganesha and she asked him to guard her while she's taking bath and meanwhile Shiva comes in and he sees this particular boy guarding Parvati and he wanted to go in and suddenly he stopped. So then Shiva gets angry and then in his anger he just destroys his head. Okay, so he kills him, destroys his head and Parvati comes and she becomes furious. All the gods gather together and then one of the uh, solution given by Vishnu was about finding the first head they, they find and uh, Shiva goes out and the first thing he finds is a elephant sleeping and then he cuts off the head of the elephant and then puts it on Ganesha's head and that's how he becomes elephant god and so I would say that is the most widely kind of accepted uh, belief of origin of Ganesha. 
Now, uh, I, I guess we've got to get the, the, the starting point because the, the connection between those two things is that uh, in Hinduism, there's this great symbol, the, the swastika, and then um, in uh, the Nazi toolkit, there's a swastika. So th that's the very broad kind of uh, trigger point for the play. Yeah, it's the kind of crazy unifying moment and I guess um, in some ways creates it as a kind of contested symbol. Yeah. Um, one, one for good and one associated with evil. The heinous crime was committed. The theft of the ancient Sanskrit symbol. Wrenched from the gods by the Nazis. Its power to be used for evil. Enraged Lord Shiva so Ganesha as a god, like he is very widely revered and worshipped. He's the god who removes obstacles, who brings in good luck, and he also brings in that positive energy, that uh, swastika as a kind of a you know sign or as a kind of a motif of Hinduism. The four hands of swastika actually represents the hands of Ganesha as well. Okay, the different aspects of Ganesha. So swastika becomes one of the most important. So when, whenever you are worshipping Ganesha, in Hindu culture you will see that even the pundits or the monks, the Hindu monks, they will first create a sign of swastika and then start praying to Ganesha. So swastika becomes very important. It's, it's like a kind of a representation of Ganesha. It's also a powerful symbol that helps in removing those obstacles and bringing in good luck again. Uh, representation of Ganesha. So if you look at most of the Hindu houses, you know, in the first, you know, the, at the entrance, you will generally find a Ganesha, you know, statue generally welcoming you. So it is not only welcoming you, but it's also making sure that it avoids any obstacle that will enter your house. In this play, when I saw Ganesha trying to reclaim that, I thought it's a very good message for the wider audience in the Western society as well, in the Western country as well, that they understand the relevance and the kind of value swastika has, what was totally degenerated and uh, in a way created as a monster. When you see swastika in a kind of a Nazi way, it, it looks like a monster. And uh, how was this play written? It's um, devised. So oh, devised. It, it's not like um, a single author. So there's the cast, there's five actors in the cast, myself, and then a range of other dramaturgs and writers who uh, all contributed to the devising and the making of the material. But, and how long did that, did, did that take? Uh, was it four years? Yeah, it was made over a number of years. And Maybe a little bit more, yeah. Not, not us working full-time, like we were working, touring other work, etc., and then we'd come back and then spend some time on this. And when, when we first conceived the idea, we just thought, oh, that's a great idea, but we'll never make it. <laughs> and... Uh, and you did? Well, we did, yeah. And so yeah. that started off in Geelong? That's right, yeah, the company's based in Geelong. Called Back to Back Theatre. Theatre. <laughs> and and what's, what, yeah. what's the idea behind that company? Does it have an angle? Scott, how would you describe uh, it? What's look, the angle of the company? I mean, like, in your face. I mean, you know, like, yeah, like, in your face, like, like thought-provoking, you know, like, intriguing... Yeah, we make contemporary theatre, but I guess that one of the defining elements is the company's built around a core ensemble of six actors. Yeah, 
who are perceived to have intellectual disabilities or some of the actors prefer neurodiverse. Yeah, um, well, I, I think I just prefer neurodiverse because I just think, like, all the other work, I'm going to drop a new word, which is, like, I'm, like, um, like alternative needs, which is um, basically just, like, it's, like, alternative, you know, like, needs, which I think basically fits in the arm of disability. And did you did you think when you came up with the idea that it was, uh, oh, my God, this is really touching raw nerves and we're really stepping on landmines here or... Yeah. Or, or not really at all. Like, because I'm totally desensitised. So for me, yeah, it's just like, oh, that's yeah, that's a really interesting idea. Yeah. But maybe, maybe I'm just in a very rare yeah. se- demographic that's like desensitised to things like this. Because you are touching on Nazism and also yeah. Hinduism. Yeah. Well, when we, well, one of the starting points for us was we did a creative development where we we're just throwing up ideas for new shows. We spent about a week draw, just drawing, and we had one actor in the company, and her name's Rita Hallebarrick, and um, she was obsessed with Ganesh, so she just kept constantly drawing pictures of Ganesh. And um, we also had another actor, Sonia Turban, who we were playing with pitch-shifting all the actors' voices down a couple of octaves and putting a lot of reverb on their voice, and... Um, she created this kind of neo-Nazi skinhead character. So we had these two subjects of Ganesh and na- Nazis. And it, and it was a product of Google, was that yeah, right? Yeah, so then we, someone just said, let's Google Nazi and Ganesh. And then we found a number of websites dedicated to this uh, idea. Are you kidding me? Uh, of, oh, um, my God. Of the Nazis appropriating the SWAT sticker. And uh, at the same time, the actors and I were working on the idea of, like, exploring the hero's journey, you know, the kind of classic Hollywood film oh, structure. Oh, like, like, what are some examples? I mean, there's, like, Lord of the Rings, you know. Star the, Wars. Yeah, yeah, Star Wars, yeah, and the point Dynamite. Yeah, which is great because we all, all the actors had this kind of canon of reference. And, um, and we thought, oh, wouldn't it be great to make a show about um, Ganesh travelling to Nazi Germany to reclaim the SWAT sticker? And then we thought, oh, we'll never make it because <laughs> no, we it's are, just we like... we'll never make it would rely on cultural appropriation and touch on a lot of sensitivities in terms of representing the Holocaust. So I, I'm concerned. Blind's playing the Indian deity. Do you think that's okay? Yeah, I think anybody can play anything. Will they? Isn't that what's good about what we do? I'm not seeing it that way. <laughs> now, there are three, three things which comes in. Appropriation, okay, cultural appropriation, which has a negative connotation at it in it but it can also be something about collaboration okay and if if appropriated with a certain understanding then it can be fine then there is misappropriation which is blatant misuse of certain you know symbols uh, things or any anything from a different culture by a dominant culture or dominant group and trying to flaunt it as if you know it's a it's kind of a fashion which has often been and that's why you know misappropriation is always looked down upon and then there is something called fusion where you where two people collaborate and bring in lots of you know uh, bring in their uh, aspects and try to collaborate and ganesha versus third right for me it was a kind of an understood appropriation okay so when bruce gladwin says that you know this particular theater happened because of google and they googled you know nazi symbol swastika and hindu symbol swastika did that end up making them understand the whole uh, you know aspect of ganesha swastika and its misappropriation within the nazi thing 
which I rarely do. When I saw this particular play, I really found it close to the Indian folk theatres, where most of the dance forms or theatre forms is all about the one particular, you know, aspect, good winning over evil, okay? That is what the Hindu theatre, dance, all the kind of representations about gods are there, it is there. And when, in essence, if Ganesha versus Third Reich is able to claim that and is able to work on that kind of storyline, I think it is, in a way, totally giving a homage to or respect to the Hindu theatre and Hindu art culture. Yeah, and I also think outsiders commenting on things, I mean, all this is a grey area and it depends, 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 just enlivens things and gives a new perspective. Like I remember when Justin Bieber, he went to Anne Frank's attic and uh, on the tour and he wrote in the visitor's book that Anne Frank, if, if she was alive today, she'd be a believer or whatever. Like, and, and, like, and the instant thing is to sort of be offended or he's such a narcissist or whatever, this stupid guy or whatever. But you think of it more deeply, it's like it really humanises Anne Frank and makes her not this black and white yeah. figure. It's like, oh, no, she was like a real uh, girl, teenage girl. She probably would have been... Uh, a Justin Bieber fan. Justin Bieber. <laughs> and it just sort of gives her this whole humanity. It wasn't until um, we were performing another show, Food Court, in Kunstenfessel and Brussels. Oh, Brussels, yeah. And um, we finished the show and we were doing a Q&A with the audience and someone stood up in the audience and said, I don't believe these actors made this work. I don't believe they're capable of making the work. Um, and which... Scott took the microphone and told mm. the guy to get out of the auditorium. Yeah, I did. But, I did. <laughs> and uh, I, I but, think I, I actually do remember that now because I think it's coming back to me because it was like, I, yeah, I just remember like um, I was on the stage and just now remember that. So yeah, yeah. and um, uh, but you know, it raised this idea. There's a lot of interest in the company in terms of, I guess. Uh, how we make work and the power structures, the relationship of me as a non-disabled director working with a group of actors uh, who identify as having a disability and what are the power dynamics around that. And so we thought we'd let's make a work that is a, like a fictionalised autobiography of us in the process of making a work. And have you... Oh, did, did I read right? I read a Guardian article, so if this is not true... I'm throwing Guardian under the bus, or or I misread it. So either Guardian's wrong, or I can't comprehend. But did you guys visit a concentration camp? We did. We were. Yes, we did. We did. We're working um, in. Go on, Scott. Yeah, it was. It wasn't ours. So it was it Weimar or no Vi- Linz in Austria. Oh yeah. Well, I think I must have visited. I must have visited like Weimar, but you must have visited Linz. Oh, so. you went to Weimar too. Yeah. Yeah. But no, you know, John. Look, it was actually harrowing. Like. I just felt like, you know, it was just one of the most harrowing experiences. I mean, there was, like, um, like yeah, I mean, like, um, like left over, like, crematoriums. It was, like, in this map. And I mean, it was, like, um, like yeah, I mean, uh, like, yeah, someone from a tour, I think it was, like, Luke Ryan saying, oh, he visited before, and um, he didn't want to go back again. I think, you know, just saying, oh, like, yeah, uh, the half male, um, like, uh, like, yeah, uh, the Jewish people may live in Melbourne because they weren't trying to get away, you know, like, uh, like yeah, from Europe and... All like I'm um, like yeah, post war wars and um, 
Yeah, I think it was just for me it was howling. I think um, just couldn't comprehend you know, like the whole T four program to say the least. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, with the the show performed in Weimar and the artistic director of the festival when he saw the show um, said you have to come and perform it and you'll be performing in the theatre where Hitler you know held held court and made a number of speeches and oh god um, so it had this kind of quite a strong significance for the for the city or the town we also before we started making the show another kind of catalyst for making the show is we were um, working in Linz the European capital culture in 09 and making a show for them and they the the organisers took us on a a tour of a and what was an institution for the care of people with disabilities. The um, T four program. Yeah, and then was um, one of the starting points for um, uh, processing people with disabilities. And once the Nazis came into power, um, mm. processing people and then signing death sentence for them, and then they were gassed, and then the, the whole gassing process was. Mm. Um, developed, what you know, the technology for it was started to be developed in this institution. So it was kind of in some ways seeing the company, seeing that, just going, all right, we're a company with actors with intellectual disabilities and uh, this is a moment in history where a whole lot of people with disabilities have not had a voice <laughs> and just going, not, not to say that it felt like it gave us a licence, but it thought... I felt like we it was gave us some skin in the game in terms of exploring that material. Mm. Your German is impeccable. <laughs> you could work in Berlin. You know what's the difference is between you and me? No. Nope. That you don't think. Yeah. You're I right. mean, when you're out here and you are talking and those words just come out of you. You're good. You're very good. Yeah, thanks. But the problem is that mental issue you have, this... Um, it's intellectual. Intellectual, yes, that's it. No wonder you're such a pain in the ass. True. You don't know how to, c to control your mouth. You say, fuck you, or screw you, or go to hell, or fuck my dick. You don't um, know OK, so... Yeah. But not everyone's like me. Let's go to, to the two groups represented in this. The, have you had... What kind of feedback have you had from um, Hindu people? Uh, well, when we premiered the work, which was in 2011, getting close to the um, premiere of the season, we had... Um, there was a protest that started in Nevada in the US from uh, a Hindu uh, spokesperson who had issue with the um, what would be the program image in the, or it would have been online as well, um, which was of one of our actors who had made his own uh, Ganesh mask. So it was mm. like a kind of cardboard um, structure. Uh, and that was the start of, start of a, I guess, what was a, f a, a form of an online protest that started and, and spread. So, so what year was this? This is 2011. And what was the play playing in Australia? Yeah, it premiered in um, at the Melbourne Festival in 2011. But the protest was um, in Nevada. Started in Nevada, and um, uh, but did you get any uh, good feedback, or not really? Oh, we had lots. So <laughs> that, that that initial protest from Nevada, then I guess sparked well, it sparked a um, a response here in Australia, 
And so um, leading up to the performance, we met with a Hindu leadership group here in Australia. Um, and we, of course, um, well, we the, the image that was offensive, we um, agreed not to use that was like an early publicity image and um, we also we invited the leadership group to come and see the performance um, and they gave us feedback we made uh, a number of changes to the show which um, we were really happy to accommodate and um, since then the show has been done I think 35 seasons yeah 35. around you know around the world at arts festivals um, and that this season coming up at Rising is um, a return to Melbourne somewhat, yeah. You know, one, one of the biggest problems now between Hinduism and Hindutva, okay, Hinduism is about the religion, it's about the religious practice. I'm a proud Hindu, you know, uh, though I'm critical of the certain Hindu practices and things like caste issues or uh, lots of other things, but I'm a practicing Hindu. Whereas Hindutva, it's a political kind of a uh, thing which has come in with a very right-wing mindset. And this right-wing mindset is very protective about things like, oh, you have used the name of Ganesha, now you must be doing something wrong about it. The problem happened because someone read somewhere Ganesha versus Third Reich and without watching the theatre, which are without going to the play, they started making meaning out of it, which I find is problematic and which is a part of that so-called fundamentalist side of the right-wing Hindutva, okay, where that you start jumping without even knowing the particular context. And that was the problem. And that's why, you know, when a uh, few of these uh, Hindu uh, community leaders who were called upon to watch the play, no one had any issues with it, okay. And I had the discussion with the multicultural commissioner at that time, uh, who was an Indian, and he loved it. He said, I don't see any problem. And I, like, he asked me about my opinion. I said, plain and simple, no, there's no problem as such, okay? I have problem, and if there is a problem, I would instantly say that. But in this play, I thought uh, it was very well done. Uh, it was something, and it is something which should be celebrated. In fact, uh, I would want it to be, you know, uh, there, there should be a play for the Indian community in Melbourne or in Sydney so that they can understand how good collaborations can bring in really good result. And we have seen in recent times, we have seen some really good collaboration happening between Australian artists and Indian artists uh, uh, around Australia. So I think it's a, this is a powerful moment that we should, you know, really support this kind of a play and also uh, utilize it to tell other people about the richness of the culture that we have. Whereas Hindutva, the kind of a very politically loaded kind of a element, has, is destroying that. And I find it difficult. And I find it problematic where people, opportunistic people utilizing these kind of events as a kind of a platform to prop themselves up as as political or community leaders. I think there is a problem there. If you mess with the Holocaust, you add fuel to the deniers. No, you offend other people. I went to talk with David and I've got really good news. Do you want to play Hitler? <laughs> Adolf Hitler, you know, the Chancellor of Germany, it's a good part. 
And what about the Jewish community? Get any bad feedback from them? Uh, no. We, we had no, a, we didn't, no. We had a positive, generally positive feedback. Um, yes. yes, but again, yes, it's, my people are good. <laughs> uh, you know, like I, I, you know, so as I always kind of feel like going, all right, did we consult enough? Did we initially, when we started, did we, you know, did we talk to enough people? And maybe the fact that um, the Jewish community community only came back with as positive as we didn't search far enough for a, a dialogue. Um, mm. Yeah. So, and and has the script developed along the, the the time or just stuck pretty much what it is both scott oh uh, <laughs> uh, look i i can't really say i mean i think i think bruce you probably better the best answer that right, one i'll ping pong it back to me and say that it um it's pretty much stayed the same although after that initial consultation consultation with the um, hindu leadership group we made some changes but they were more around physical uh, images and the the function of the mask on stage. So they had some really clear ideas about how the mask should be treated. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, John. Director no, no, anytime, and anytime. developer, uh, Scott Price and Bruce uh, Gladwin. No, you can't change around because I said actor first and then it was changed to performer. Okay. I was corrected on performer, so I was just going along with that. So you can't now, when I say performer, go... The Rising Podcast is created by Litmus Media on the land of the Bunurung and the Wurundjeri people. It's produced by me, Mahmoud Fazal. The associate producer and editor is Eugene Yang. Music for this podcast is composed by Johan Johansson for Ganesh vs. The Third Reich. You can listen at litmus.media or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.